Well, welcome everyone to Milton Keynes Christian Centre. It's great to have you join with us today. You know, it's uh, been a challenging few weeks, hasn't it? But uh, we thank God for his protection and provision. And I thank God that, uh, you know, you're all well and you're all safe today. We've been looking at a series called Fear Not, wanting to encourage us as a church at this moment in time, encourages us as individuals to really plug into God and find Him in a real life-changing way and to know His presence and power actively at work in our lives. Today I want to talk about finding confidence in the face of fears, finding confidence in the face of fears. I think that's quite an apt theme. Do you know, due to the COVID-19 situation, let's face it, there are many who have fears, and there are many different kinds of fears. There's financial fears. There's fears of losing a loved one. There's fears of how am I going to feed my family at this time. Some people have fears of contracting the coronavirus itself, Other fears that people have are related to employment. Am I going to have a job at the end of all this? Is that going to be there? Fears of the effects even on our own mental health or on our family member or children. We are surrounded by those kinds of fears. And fears, obviously, due to the uncertainty of the future, right? We all kind of can be surrounded by these fears. And if you fit into just one of those categories, can I say you're probably in good company? There's somebody out there who feels like that. Even as Christians at times, you can find your confidence, you know, waning in the face of fears that come along. When life takes its twists and turns and when it's you know, we find challenges and difficulties come when life gets hard. I think we all get scared a little. We all do, if we're honest. Can I hear an amen right there? I'm sure I can. So how do we react? How do you react in times like these? How do we? Well, King David actually has a lot to teach us about putting our confidence in God and actually keeping it there putting our confidence in God and actually keeping it there. King David wrote a beautiful psalm, Psalm 27, and it has been called actually the soldier's psalm. And it was written when King David and the Israelites faced a vast army, when, you know, a time when there was great uncertainty. It was a time when fears sought to paralyze King David and his men. However, we see that in the middle of all of that, there is this fear not attitude that King David had. It was a confidence in God that was actually unshakable in that situation, in the the challenging situation that he found himself in. Let's read Psalm 27 together. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assails me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, 
my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide me not from your face. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God, my salvation. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries. False witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. What a great psalm that actually is. I'm encouraged just reading that to you today. It's important for us to note that right from the outset, David actually affirms who God is in his life. Can I say that that's a great encouragement for us all to do? To affirm who God actually is in our lives. That's what he does. Why does he do that? Is because it's the truth. It's the truth right there. He says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? He says, The Lord is, okay, not might be, not could be, not what I hope he will be at some point, but it's who he is. The Lord is. And this was David's own confession, and it was personal to him. And we can see that as he says, The Lord is my light. He's my sh- uh, salvation. And this is based on, you know, the past evidences of God being with him. The past evidences of God being with him. You know, I have those experiences, and I'm sure you do too. Those evidence of God being with me, guiding me, and ultimately, David says, delivering me. And probably he's thinking back to the times when he faced you know, a bear and a lion just with a sling. Maybe his mind's thinking back to the times in the past where, you know, uh, armies were against him and he's had to, to run fleeing for his life. Maybe his mind, uh, you know, just flicked back to the time where he defeated Goliath. Great intimidation from the enemy. You know, great fears that breathed down his neck. And he's thinking about those moments when he's declaring it's the Lord who is my light. 
He is my salvation. This is who He is. And David affirms that the Lord is His light. You know, whilst being on a mission with Light Force International in northern Uganda, I was once driving through the bush late at night. And we turned off the major road and turned onto a single track uh, road. And there was no lights there at all. It was absolutely total darkness. And of course, I was a little bit apprehensive because I didn't know where we were. I didn't or couldn't see where we were, we were going. And so, of course, you can imagine it's okay to be a little bit anxious right there. However, I was with George Wrigley. That's right, George of the jungle. George Ridley, and um, you know, and I was also very safely tucked away in a Land Rover Discovery. And George just suddenly decided to switch on some extra floodlights that had been mounted on the roof rack um, of this Land Rover. And I am not telling you that just in that one moment, as he flicked that switch, These lights came on. It was like midday. We could see the road ahead. In fact, we lit up everything around, the houses around. Everything was there. And soon as that light came on, my fears were instantly relieved. Instantly relieved. And David actually says that this is what it's like having God in your life. This is what it's like having God in your life. He dispels the darkness and lights up our path. Wow. See, light enables us to see, doesn't it? And to see these beautiful colors that are are all around us, to see our loved ones both near and far away. Light enables us to see. And light gives us a sense of security, you know, what about those adults and children who like to have a nightlight on, you know, to dispel the darkness so that they can see that little bit uh, more clearly? And we have those even outside lights, don't we, that gives us security that if anybody comes close to your house, bang, the lights come on and, and they would be exposed. See, no light would mean no sun. Just think about this with me for a second. The sun is, is necessary for vegetation. It's necessary for life. It's necessary for the trees to grow, for us to find shelter and protection from heat. And of course, the trees produce oxygen, which produces, you know, life for us. Oxygen to breathe and experience life in all its fullness. Isn't it interesting that the Bible actually said that Light was the very first thing that God spoke into existence. That's right, light. Not the sun, not the moon, not the stars, but light. And uh, grab a hold of this one, that God actually is making a statement that God is light. That's who He is. And He's the source of life, the security who eliminates all of our fears And it's because of God that we have purpose. It's because of God that we have meaning. It's because of God that we can make sense of life itself. And apart from Him, friends, life crumbles. It really does. Everything crumbles and amounts to nothing. If there was no God, 
there would be no us. Let's face it, there would be no us. Reminded me of Jesus speaking in John 8, 12, when he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Wow, that's on offer to all who believe in Jesus. So, so David affirms that God is this life. He's the, he's the light. He is my source. He also affirms that the Lord is my salvation. Only the one true God can save his people. And this is the record over and over in the Old Testament as the Israelites would conquer other nations in the name of their God. God especially as you read through the Old Testament, reveals himself as, you know, this mighty Savior and who would defeat the enemies of his people often without them even having to do very much. He would rout the enemies before them and weapons were not used. Look at even the great story in Exodus and we find, you know, the Israelites being set free by God by incredible miracles taking place, set free from Egyptian bondage. What a mighty Savior is our God. And so all this, all of that great victory of the Israelites walking out of Egypt pointed forward to the great deliverance from sin that is actually only found in Jesus Christ. That's what that pointed forward to. God's Son, salvation, is a manifestation of God's incredible love in Jesus Christ to us. That's why the Bible says in John 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He wants to deliver us. And David knew this back in the day. And he affirms that God is his salvation. But not only that, he also affirms that the Lord is the stronghold of my life. He's the stronghold. He's the safe place. He's the refuge. And as much as he he possibly can he begins to realize that it's God who gives him the strength. It's God who gives him all that he needs in the hard times, in the difficult times, in the challenging times. And now, as he faces this vast army before him, who can possibly overpower the all-powerful God? Who can do that? Who can sneak by his all-seeing eyes? No one can do that. No one can take our God by surprise. And David begins to get a little bit of a picture of that. Friends, as we think about the Lord being our light and our salvation and our stronghold in life, are you afraid? Do you have any fear looming in your life? Do you fear the coronavirus? Are you anxious at this time? Do you fear terrorists? They're a real threat. Do they scare you? What about bad storms? Do they scare you? What about a failing economy? Does that scare you? Does that frighten you? Are you afraid of dying? These fears surround us. But David found an incredible strength in God. His light, 
his salvation and his stronghold. Now, because David knows who God is, which is an incredible foundation and platform, because he knows that, he says, of whom shall I be afraid? Of whom shall I be afraid? And because he knows who God is, he's ready to go up against all his fears. That's what he's ready to do. David goes on to say, when evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an, an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. David is saying just this, friends. Listen to this. Even when the worst thing that can come up against you, and it was war in this place, I will not be afraid, even then I will be confident. Wow, just think about that. What a strong place to be in your life. David acknowledged, you see, I believe the secret here. It's what I've called the one thing, because that's what he says. He says, you know, I got to this place because of this one thing. One thing I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. See, David acknowledged the one thing as his priority. David knew that knowing God was to be the priority of his life. The priority. It was the one thing he needed most of all. And from his past experience, he knows that nothing else will work. Nothing will give him the confidence he needs in the face of any of his fears. We see four words that help us see that what David did to make the one thing the one thing, right? He says these four words, seek, dwell, gaze, and inquire. When I think about the word seeking, you know, I, I think about something, if you've ever lost anything that's valuable to you, or, I mean, I lose my keys and my wallet often at home. I forget where I put them, but one time I, I left uh, my keys somewhere. I couldn't find them. I turned the house upside down trying to find my keys. Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you, but later I found them in my, my pocket, right, uh, in, in my coat um, that was in, in the uh, cloakroom. But, um, but I turned the house, it took me hours turning everything around, trying to work it through. But what, when something is valuable, you seek it. And Jesus told us, didn't he, to seek his kingdom first. He told us uh, to, to seek him, and when we seek him, we will find him. So David says one of the keys to finding this confidence in God is to seek him. The word, next word is to dwell, to live in him, to spend time with him, to be close to him, to be sharing with him. I am dwelling with him. This built a closeness with God, a confidence in God. David got to knew God. He said, this is the place where I gaze. Have you ever gazed upon God, gazed upon Jesus Christ? looking at the beauty of the Lord and just, just pondering and meditating on His majesty and His beauty to behold and take time to look into Him. You know, I remember when I fell in love with my wife, Alice, and I, I spent all my spare time, all the time I could get to be with her, to get to know her, to understand how she thought and, and what she felt and what was important to her. How... how 
How do you gaze upon the beauty of the Lord? Well, you know, you can do that because we find him in his word. When we open his word, we are gazing on the beauty of the Lord. When you're in prayer, we begin to think and meditate and we begin to think about God and we are beginning to gaze on his beauty. In some of the hymns and the songs and the beautiful worship experience we've had, they bring us to us to a place of gazing on the beauty of Jesus and the wonder that's in his name. You find him in the fellowship of God's people. That's where you gaze upon him. And you find him and the beauty of the Lord in Jesus Christ, who is the exact representation of God. And in the New Testament, we're encouraged to fix our eyes on him, to gaze on him upon him because he's the author he's the finisher of our faith and this last word is to inquire diligently looking to learn more and more about who God is that was David's heart seeking to know his will and his guidance in life the prophet Jeremiah said let the one who boasts boast about this that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. Wow. Because David pursued the one thing, friends, he accessed a great confidence in the face of fear, and he boldly declares, he will. That's the next verse. Everyone say, he will. For he will hide me in the shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high on a rock. And now, this is the place, my head shall be lifted up above my enemies, above my circumstances, above all my fears that are around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. And I will sing and make melody to the Lord. And here we find him rejoicing in God. Why? Because of the one thing he did. Because he was seeking him. God, he was dwelling in his presence. He was gazing on his beauty. He was inquiring of the Lord. This was a priority for King David. And that's the place he discovered this confidence in God. Because David does this one thing, friends, fear had no victory over him whatsoever. David believes that his future is in the hands of the living God and he finds his security and he finds his confidence right there. Let me ask you today, what are you seeking after? What are you gazing upon? Where are you dwelling today? What are you inquiring after today? I want to tell you that the presence of God is the place you need to be. It's the place you need to be. And David found so much confidence and so much strength there. And as he he sought God, he desired just to know him more and more. And he got stronger and stronger in doing this. And in verse 11, we find him just praying out, Teach me your way, O Lord. Teach me your way. Not my way, but teach me your way. And lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Listen, guys. God is working in us and through us to perform his purposes, even in the face of adversity. How amazing 
is that. I read a quote this week that said, the presence of evil or trials invites us to see the glory of God at work in our situation. How incredible is that? It reminded me of Jesus Christ's death on the cross. The instrument that brought, was brought against him became the instrument in the hand of God that brought him to victory. Just amazing stuff. See, the truth is that God uses adversity. He uses trials to shape and increase our faith. That's God at work in us. Are you aware of that? Did you know that that was taking place? That's why we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. That's why we need to look to him. And God, uh, you know, sorry, David knows that God will never forsake him, regardless of all the threats and fears that he faced in life. We know that God will never leave us too. And he's confident in God's purposes in his life. And he says, finally, I believe I believe that I shall look on the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's hope and there's faith that are alive in his heart and he is confident in God's perfect timing to be outworked in his life. He trusts God. You know, today, friends, I just want to say this to us as we just ponder on this beautiful psalm today as as David was in a place where fear surrounded him and we think about the all the fears that maybe surround you and surround me at this moment in time, I want to tell you that God wants you to have the confidence in Him in the face of every fear that you would face today. Every fear to have His confidence. And we find it by drawing near to Him. By drawing near to Him. So let me ask you again today, what are you seeking after? Where are you dwelling right now? What has your gaze? What are you inquiring after? I challenge you, turn to God, run to Him, and He can give you all the confidence and all the strength that you need at this time in Jesus' name. Amen.